Hello and welcome to the podcast version of Kenya's biggest conversation that's broadcast live every weekday morning from 6 to 10 a.m. on Spice FM. Hit subscribe for more thought-provoking conversations with your hosts Eric Latif, Ndu Oko and C.T. Muga and who's who of an eclectic mix of guests from the world of politics, policy, business and culture. This is a Situation Room podcast. Enjoy. Hungary, good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Kenya's biggest conversation. Thank you. Good Happy morning. New Year. Happy New Year. Mm. That was just prayers, and that I think that's where it started. And uh, if you followed it on Sunday, you saw the first lady, uh, Mama Rachel Ruto, and uh, the second lady. I don't know that that's the right term. Uh, Pastor Dorcas and uh, they also led the prayers at that point, mm. and uh, like a national intercessor, so to say. And uh, of course, in addition to other clergy, and I know there are different views ab- about the prayers in terms of uh, the people who think we are doing it too much, people who think uh, we are making them political. Um, are you? I would say everything is political. And can you? Uh, and you know, even no. in church, what you know, what is there not to say there is politics you know, in church? Can you actually like pray now, too much? Like now, you cannot pray too much. I think uh, everyone is free to do that. But more importantly, Kenya Kwanzaa government has been very premised from the president uh, from prayers, and not now, right? All the way from when there was I- ICC cases. Mm. I remember I went to Kapkatet, I went to, the, you know, we had rallies even that time. So it's not a new thing. And I think continuing with it as a president is something to admire, you know, and uh, it's on a Sunday. Maybe what we can debate is on doing them on weekdays. But mm. on a Sunday, I think people should be free to, Actually, to pray and to the book gather. of Second Chronicles, chapter 7, verse 14, since their prayers, let's get a little biblical on this one, shall we? Oh, right. Yes, please. This is what it says. If my people, this is the new international version. Thank you very much. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then and I will hear from heaven. Yeah. I will forgive their sins. And I will heal their love. Uh, in so, fact, that was read by High Excellency Rachel Ruto in uh, yes. Nakuru, and she was doing a special prayer for drought. Because sometimes we may even try to mitigate some of these things, but they also need uh, some supernatural, uh, supernatural intervention. Mm. And she was doing a special prayer for for the rains because I mean we are doing everything we can. We are doing pro- uh, fertilizer at three thousand five hundred. We are trying to do everything that pertains ensuring that agriculture works, but without the rains it's not possible we need the rains to actually kick kick it off so mm. and i think we should actually pray and i think even uh, as ancient uh, communities even before christianity they used to go to the mountains and pray for the rains mm. and i think we should not stop it mm. until we get the rain well let's not forget the conditions that this particular portion of scripture you have to repent not just repent, <laughs> turn, t- seek his face yeah. humble yourself yeah. and turn, turn from your wicked ways yeah. now it's not the leadership it's the country the mm. people Everyone. Mm. This one is not at no, let the lead. Mm-mm. Everyone. Agreed. Agreed. The provost of the Anglican Church made Wainaina. a statement mm. yesterday, Reverend Sammy Wainaina. Yeah. And he said the ongoing prayer rallies are not genuine. They're political meetings disguised mm. as prayer meetings. Mm. He's also then gone on to say that the church unfortunately <coughs> has been hoodwinked. Pastors and bishops are political um, brokers on hire by the political class. They're on their payrolls, a very sad state of the church. 
the salt has lost its taste and the light its brightness so he's saying yeah. that all of this that is that the country is being ensconced in is not genuine mm. i think what for me i think that? and i i am also anglican mm. but i also think uh he has made very serious aspersions mm. against uh leaders who are also his, his colleagues really mm -hmm. to say someone is uh, on someone's payroll you have no evidence he's just made a statement mm -hmm. that is uh we don't know whether he has evidence <laughs> no 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 it's okay if you have evidence it's good to bring it mm. because even us i know we we get bashed a lot as politicians but we are very good politicians all sometimes. the time actually. not all of them mm -hmm. but i also agree with you ct because okay all the time <laughs> i agree with you that in terms of making our you know making seeking god's face it's not a leader's thing to do no it is everybody, everybody. to do that and i think um we have a responsibility if you think you believe in god to actually make this country work and it is not being not working because of politicians all of us must play our part if you're in the media play your part if you're in the private industry play your part if you're selling boga, play your part. But at the same time, the things we do in secret and the ones we do in the darkness is what we need to repent to God about. But you know, the duty that the citizen has, those who claim to have a focus on infinity and are inclined towards the ecclesiastical, the Bible demands that people pray for those in leadership. Demands! Yes. So that they may lead the country well. So. Mm -hmm. If there's a, there are citizens who claim to be Christians and they don't spend enough time praying for their leaders, they should understand that it is their responsibility. That leadership that you speak of, which you're always complaining about, yeah. it's your responsibility to pray for those very, very things so that God may set it right. I think you are, you attended our prayer meeting. If not, you followed it online mm -hmm. on did, Sunday because that was exactly what was part of the sermon and the discussions because it was... Um, it was simple to say you cannot say that uh, leadership is godly but you don't agree with the people who are in leadership and you're allowed to criticize them but you're also man uh, actually you're mandated. you mandated or you you're actually demanded of you from the bible if you're a christian to pray for them and that is the argument that you cannot say leadership does not install itself it's actually godly and i had told you that when i was starting this show that uh, even when you go for election there is a very big uh, percentage and parameter that is divine really if god decides that it is you he'll make a way somehow and i think as a practicing politician i've seen it mm -hmm. yeah somehow and he'll use people along your way to actually get you to that position so when you sit in that position you also follow colossians 3:23 that in everything that you do you do it for god not for people because even in that responsibility you have been given is not yourself it is you're holding brief for the man above to do what he should do. Okay, you people sour. So we shall sour. pray. Yeah, we'll sour. Pray. We shall pray. But <laughs> we agree. <laughs> are we praying in absence of all other conversations? Oh, no. At what point are we having now another national day to actually discuss the crisis in our country? By the way. To have an open conversation where we say, this is where we are as yeah. a country. This is what is happening in our country. And this is how we shall all get ourselves out of this particular mess. By the way, the prayers cannot exist on their own. I mean, it has to be backed up with uh, with uh, practical solutions. And that's why the same Bible says, you know, even faith, you know, faith without action is also dead. Mm. You, you must believe, yes, but you also must take action. And that's why I would not expect today to see members of parliament lined up in Nyayo today. We prayed on Sunday. Mm. 
Okay. We will no, not go there. Work. For us, we are going to parliament. Okay. We are dealing with supplementary estimates. We are expecting the BPS for this budget to come. That is the budgetary uh, budget um, policy, statement. policy statement to actually be presented for 2023-2024. So I don't expect to see members of parliament sitting in Nyayo Stadium today. I expect them to be in meetings, in committees, to be you know planning for the job that is ahead, which is a very heavy entry this time in this session because it is what that constitutes the budget uh, system, the budget uh, cycle. Mm. It will be heavier than what we had before, mm. you know, last year. So I expect them to be in parliament and in their committees. And I think that is already going on. Okay. Yeah. You were very vocal a couple of weeks ago, especially as concerns going back to school for yeah. children yeah. about CBC and the education in general. Yeah. It felt as though you were quite concerned. I am. Uh, are quite concerned about what's going on yeah. as regards the high expense yeah. um, for parents to take their children back to school, number one. And number two, about mental challenges that children could face yeah. when it comes to having, you know, gotten these high marks and not even being able to go to school. Still an issue. What's that about? In fact, yesterday, we had a follow-up meeting with the president as Nakuru leaders. Mm. And we had the time to air our issues, what we expect in the region in terms of development, what are our priorities as it is right now. And uh, when I got the microphone, myself, I was very clear on junior secondary school. And I say that because I'm also a CBC parent. Mm -hmm. Forget even being a member of parliament. Mm. And I think uh, what, we have, what we have done right now is catastrophic and it is catastrophic because i have one school that uh, one classroom is expected to have 45 kids report only 12 have reported what are we saying we are saying we are going to have dropout who are 10 year olds 11 year olds and 12 year olds and uh, i've not just spoken about this now I've even presented a memo to the task force that was going around. I spoke about it when it was to be in secondary schools. I don't agree with it being local, localized in secondary school. I was one of the people who are proponents to have it in primary schools. Why? I have 75 primary schools in Gilgil. It's 1,342 square kilometers in terms of, uh, uh, in terms of the geographical size. Mm. I have 36 secondary schools. So what are you saying? A child who is 11 year old uh, from a place called Ojurai maybe needs to walk all the way to Eburu, you know, to get a secondary school close by. Mm. That means, first of all, sex predators, early pregnancies. We are, we are telling kids to now start tamaking when they are 10, 12 year olds. It's not possible. And that's why we pushed that it be localized in the primary school. But now the transition has challenges. For one, and that's what I said to the president yesterday, the ministry must make a policy decision that every junior, every primary school, public primary school is gazetted as a junior secondary school. There is no two way about it. Let them mm -hmm. deal with the capacity. Let us come with CDF to deal with the capacity. Let the Ministry of Education come to do the infrastructure. But every public primary school must be gazetted as a junior secondary school because you cannot tell a child in my school, uh, in my place called Old Bay, mm. to now go look for a school five, ten kilometers. And yet, even that school they are going to has no capacity to absorb capacity extra. Anyway. Mm. You get. So that is one issue. Mm. Secondly, this issue of new uniform, I totally disagree with it. And it's one of the issues I hope to bring in, but even this, uh, this week, mm. that uh, if you are in the same school, if you're in standard eight today 
and you're wearing a short and a grade 7 kid is wearing a trouser and a different kind of funky uniform even psychologically what does that do in terms of we feel who is bigger than the other and you cannot say kids are not existing in this same world we are in so they're also looking at uh, grade 7 being a bit pampered mm -hmm. and being um, like the cool kids of the school and yet we have a standard 8 we are looking at mm -hmm. in places where i come from like um, in the kikui community where i come from uh, most initiations circumcision rites of passage are done after class 8 so now we are having kids who feel by grade 6 umemaliza shule do you get mm -hmm. so you want to now go to rite of passage you want to feel big because umemaliza shule you're going to secondary school yeah. but more importantly the issue of cost uniforms 4500 locker locker 5500 um lunch program a minimum of 3000 to 5000 what are we talking about it means without a minimum of 15,000. Mm -hmm. You are not able to get your child to junior secondary school. It, 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 I mean, what are we doing? And I think for me, that is the issue that we should address with the ministry. Let the locker a child was using transit with it. What is the problem? Let the uniform they were wearing transit with it. What is the problem? Education is not about clothes. To the US, go to the US system. And the best schools that we have are, they don't even wear uniforms. I mean, it's, it's not about uniforms. Let us deal with matters. Walimu, we are giving one teacher for 14 subjects. We have not delivered books. Mm. We have bigger issues to deal with than a locker, which you want a new one, or a uniform that you want a un new one. So I hear you. So you, your main objection to the uniform, if I hear you correctly, is number one, because there's a standard eight kid who's still in primary, and that standard eight kid will feel um, belittled. That will be number two. Number one is cost. Number one is cost. Yes. If this child had gone up to, the standard eights are going to be experiencing the same issue mm. of cost. Of course. Are you also opposed to uniform, a different uniform for secondary schools? No, secondary schools, I'm okay. Why? Because this this you cannot do it twice let me tell you right now because i was uh, issuing uh, bursaries to form once mm. we are already so overwhelmed by the requests because of the drought people who could uh, initially pay for their school fees are not able to mm. because jobs are lost because covid happened people moved back you have two children one going to form one and one going to junior secondary school mm. we can assist the one for secondary school by giving bursaries because we do and then you can deal with buying a uniform but for junior secondary schools we are not able to give money because first of all we don't have it yeah we have no enough mm. resources and then at least you have the psychological preparedness of uh, you have a child going to eight years you know in in the primary school then you transit them to four years mm -hmm. secondary schools are totally different totally and i think any person will be ready at that point you know to get, and even those ones are not ready there are so many i've had to buy uniforms myself mm -hmm. even for my own pocket because even if you, you pay school fees mm -hmm. using cdf that child cannot afford the criminal you know it, it's actually a criminal to have schools charging twenty thousand. so there are serious ministry of education policy issues that we have not dealt with and i say that because i say we have delegated uh, legislation committee mm -hmm. in the house i hope that the minister of education passes these regulations through the delegated legislation committee because that is the only place we can be able to interact with them even as a house mm. otherwise we have to get the uh the the on the floor the plenary 
I personally have drafted a motion on it. I would want it to be declared. Three issues on JSS. Transit with the uniform, transit with the lockers, and transit and uh, ensure that every school is gazetted JSS. Mm. Otherwise, we'll have the pub private schools going on, mm. yet the public school kid has mm. been left behind. Look at the time. In fact, they should do an audit. And maybe the education committee in the house should do that. Mm. An audit in the country of how many people have reported to these junior secondary schools. Mm. What, is, what is it we are talking about? I think it is even worse than what we are having the transition to mm. form one. Yeah. Mm. And my worry is the one thing up to class eight does, not, not only does it uh, give you time to prepare, but it also makes the child grow. You know, by the time they hit 15 years, 14 years, you are in standard eight. We are now talking 10 to 12 year olds. Yeah. Mm who are now dropouts, you know, because the transition... You give us an example yeah. of a school which yes. should have had 45, 45 uh, people in a joining JSS yeah. and only 12 reports. I've also given you a school that has been told it cannot host junior secondary school. So why are these dropouts? What's the cause? Money. The cost of coming with a new uniform, the cost of buying, you know, buying a locker. It may look small, mm. but right now with the drought, in, like in my area, which is semi-arid, I can tell you raising 5,000 is almost impossible. We cannot subject our children to go to the streets. Uh, you, many schools are not ad admitting. And you know, you hear the CSA, I've given a directive. <laughs> yeah? So, but Mamboko ground is different. Mm. You know, these teachers have already been told to open accounts for junior secondary school. They are already getting now their own uh, autonomy in terms of managing the money from the primary school. And don't forget, there is also the psychological torture or trauma for teachers because you'll be posted as a junior secondary teacher, but the person who is the head of that school is the primary school head, head teacher. You know, in terms of even hierarchy, hierarchy and, uh, you know, we it, it's messed up. But maybe it's too late to turn it back, mm. but we have interventions that we can do at this point to ensure that the transition maybe is managed better. Mm. You know, Moshimewa, this last point that you've made, in my mind it's cosmetic in this sense. Uh. So what if the head teacher of a primary school is your boss yeah. and you're in a secondary school? I mean, so what? Yeah. Are you not all mandated to actually educate children totally. is that not what you're supposed I'm to do i'm with you yes. i'm with you and you know even the secondary schools the day secondary schools initially they would have no principal from uh tsc mm. so it would take time like if you construct um like i did in some place called kamathatha you i did a new secondary school even beggy i did a new secondary school so you'll find for some time the head teacher will be acting so i'm with you in terms that it should not matter no it, but it, does it, it it is made to matter mm. and it's inconsequential so now let's say you then brought somebody of their liking who is a secondary school headmaster will the curriculum change will the mandate that you have change what that i'm calling it cosmetic what will actually change you know are they in different job groups the primary school head and no. a secondary school teacher you know eric let me explain who's to you. in a higher job group no, I don't even care. Who is? No, because mm. it's like you're asking, let's say you're all secondary school teachers yes. and you've been teaching for 10 years. Then the person who comes in as, say, the deputy head is somebody who began teaching three years after you. Mm. They have a head teacher who started teaching six years after you. Now, are you going to stop teaching because somebody who's junior to you in age has suddenly been promoted and they're a boss? The answer is no. In fact, as it is now, city. 
even without the teachers yeah because one out of 14 mm. are our learners learning the ones who are in school that's question yeah they yes. are, they are being taught by who mm. that's the question the let's primary school let's the answer primary that school question. let's take a break the primary school teachers are the ones holding junior secondary schools yes. because there are no other teachers there are no teachers you know this is the situation room the only way to start your day. We continue the conversation with Martha Wangari, the MP for Gilgil constituency. You know, all these things you've said a number of times. You hope that the Ministry of Education will bring regulations to Parliament through the Committee on Del Delegated Legislation. You hope the Committee on Education will actually be looking at this procedure and this process unfolding of uh, transition to JSC, JS, JSS. Yes, JSS. And... Uh, see that these things are happening properly it asked the question where was parliament when all these things were happening before no. by the time we're getting to a place where the national conversation is we are confused mm. are we going to jss in primary are we going to jss in secondary are we going to have new uniform do we have enough <laughs> teachers do we have where was parliament the representatives of the first people? of all you know it was not backed this time with this parliament it mm. was last parliament and um I think we always voiced our issues that time, but the, the mathematics of that time, the dynamics of the politics that time, did not work very well for us to concentrate on this transition. That is the reality, because everyone was running up to an election. I mean, even Parliament was not even con you know concentrating for in at, at all. Even to get a quorum was a problem. Mm. But I think we have also been on the front line. Like personally, I have been. You know, even when the task force went round, we had even a kamukunji with uh, the task force. We aired our issues, you know, from the start. And I think many were also ignored because the, this transition, even if you look at the teachers, even their unions spoke about these things. Not now. They spoke about them when they were starting. How many were taken up? How many were implemented? That is another story. And I think... Um, even now, mm. we still are not late to give our views because we are the ones who are at that point to make these decisions. And anytime I'll speak, I don't speak for me only because we can afford to have our kids in private schools and go on with this junior secondary school. But how many out there are able to afford? Very few. So we are talking, condemning a whole population of uh, young learners mm. into confusion. Mm. But I think anything new, transition is never easy. Mm. So it, it will... It, it was bound to happen and have bumps. Yeah, but but how do you one. deal it with it? It was bound not to be clear whether it's kids are transitioning to a primary school. Yeah, yeah. It, in school. fact, we have confused them. We say they are going to secondary school. They even selected schools. You and know, then, then we cancelled it. Them. You know, it's back and forth. It's been so we are in agreement forth. that the yeah. 12th parliament ought to have done better. Oh, yes. But it did And you know me, I don't defend. I just say the way it is because sometimes we also need to take responsibility. Mm. And even this, uh, what I'm saying about hoping and all, it will come to the floor and I can assure you very soon because it's a current issue. Maybe as a motion of adjournment, it is a current issue to, to be addressed. I know members have, um, and we are very quick to go to the media stations, you know, to make declarations out there. But the most important tool a member of parliament has is the privileged floor of the house because out of 50 million, I mean, we are only 349. We are very small population, which is a, an area of privilege to actually be able to make these policy uh, decisions and be able to actually, under Article 125, if it's the ministry, ask him to come to Bunge and give what we need to know. So I think we will be seeing a lot of that. Okay. Yeah. You know, the thing that I find uh, absolutely disturbing mm. is how it is the previous parliament this current parliament are hurtling in that same direction are completely blind to what they have set in motion you see we are 
thinking and talking about the discomfort and the unfortunate situation that our children will find themselves in. It's not that. We are going to lose an entire generation. I'm with you. Completely. We are going to create an entire generation of disadvantaged people who will know they are disadvantaged, who will grow up knowing that they had people who were supposed to represent them and ensure that their interests was given a front row seat and didn't. Now, we then have the gumption to actually talk about insecurity in the country. We are fermenting it as we see it. What do you do with young people who at a very young age have lost hope? Young, they are 10, 12. Yeah. What happens to that child when they're 15? What happens if they get to 20? What do you think is going to happen? Mm. It, there's a whole slew of insecurity that is being created by these very processes. And this is where I really don't take prisoners with you, Aishimiwa. Mm. Because that's part of your duty. And you're letting this thing slide. But are we not talk about, talking about it? You, Mwishimiwa, talks about it. Yeah. The rest of your colleagues mumble about it. <laughs> the others are completely silent as though what's happening is happening in another planet, not even in the same country. Are you trying to tell me that if the Mwishimiwa really put their heads together and they were serious about this issue, that changes wouldn't be there? They would be there. In fact, City, even the issue of primary schools hosting JSS was bathed from us. Because we are the ones who interact with these kids every day, mm. by the way. We are the ones who see what people are going through. I was doing bursaries for four months, mm. and yet I had a line of junior secondary school uh, kids requesting for bursaries. So we are the ones who interact with it. The, the policy move that was done to localize them and to host them in the primary schools was from parliament. Mwishimewa, you put you know? the cart before the horse. We didn't need to have gotten there. This thing could have been streamlined. So these things that we're now dealing with after the fact could have been sorted out. This, you know, you know what I'm saying? Makes sense because we could have streamlined this thing before now we start chasing our tail as we're doing I'm right with now. You all that. Yes. We should have done the transition better. Yes, but, uh, and parliament has the might to do that. Exactly. But I also don't believe in running away when there's a problem. So we are in a hole. And when you're in a hole, what do you do first? You stop digging. Mm. You know, stop, first of all, you don't think further. And you know, it's very easy to actually just keep pointing fingers, even yeah. ourselves. It ends up becoming a circus and becoming, um, you know, a ping pong. Mm. You know, we are saying the ministry didn't do this, the president should do this, the president should appoint. And I think by the fact that the government even appointed a whole task force to deal with this issue shows that there is commitment to transit No, better. it doesn't. And they went around the country. I personally you know they came to Nakuru and they took views. My problem is how do we implement the views that we've taken because we have voiced these things yeah. and if they don't get to be implemented it is us to deal with it. Which, well, you know? Even the BBI took views. This thing of <laughs> BBI is totally different. Caucusing. No, no, no. Totally different. We are talking about public participation mm. in an exercise that is supposed to bring about change for the better. Yes. Isn't it? Yeah. The thing is we have these things in abundance in this country. That change is what we never see. But the one thing, I'm in agreement with you. We can joke with anything else, but not education. Yeah. And that's why for me, it's, I don't even think I get the enough words to actually describe it. That uh, we are talking, like City says, a whole generation. We are talking children that we are messing up at this point. And yet we say the average age of a thug in Nairobi is 17. Yeah. So we are, we, are, we are precipitating an issue that will come and bite us as a country which so, is why yeah. city is saying that you're failing as our leaders well all of you wholesale 
I know you All. you know Azimio, you know Kenya everybody Kwanza. I mean yes. everybody by the way this the issue look has no Azimio all or these, Kenya all these meetings that are taking place let's yeah. start with the Azimio rallies yeah the Azimio concerts as I call them mm. are not discussing the issue of a million children nope. who are confused mm-hmm. as to their states they haven't touched it even once they don't talk about it True. they talk about everything else mm-hmm. The Kenya Kwanza prayer meetings don't talk about it. Uh-huh. The Kenya Kwanza meetings don't talk about it. Uh-huh. So even the president when he's talking he doesn't say all right so we have got a big issue here. We need to actually get all our hands on deck and decides how we are going to make sure that these children are not disrupted. It's been how many weeks since they reported to school? Uh, and uh, like you've said, yeah. learning has not commenced. Well, it has, These but children don't slow. know. It's in fact for they're me, pe- they're being taught the by primary school teachers, yeah. then yeah. the new secondary school teachers who have been hired, who have not been taken through the CBC, who will now come and start teaching them. It's com- complete confusion. One year yeah. will be lost totally for these children. I know. And this is a something that we should be discussing with all of in you. Fairness, you, all of you. In fairness, I agree with all of us because there will no in fact there is no Azimio or Kenya Kwanza. In fact, the way parliament is, and I hope that parliamentarians we can see that, is that we are supposed to act on issues for the people regardless of your political divide yeah. it's never it's, of course it's 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 better it's easier said than done but I, the issue of like education should cut across it's not an issue of Azimio or Kenya Kwanza mm. but at the end of the day i think something has happened i know the, the committee of education has met about it i we have not been in parliament so we will definitely get to get the reports when we get to parliament because it's house of record but i think all of us have a responsibility including you the media and i think you've played yours very well in terms of voicing the issues everyone must play their role the teachers the union everybody must voice these issues because everybody is playing their role yes, yes, we and are we also play our these yeah. issues the union officials Kenya union Definitely. of teachers cooper and all the others are talking about it for us now the implementation. Hmm. Exactly. the implementation and that is where the ball has been dropped yes the Look, implementation so callously i hear w- uh, one question now through all of this then now pops up in my head yeah and as we look at um um we can't run away from the question will these things be implemented yeah given that there is an allegiance also on the side of many members of parliament Mm. who are on one side of the political divide to the executive Mm. will this allegiance cast a shadow yeah on the implementation responsibility of parliament regardless mm. of who you bear allegiance to or for i think you know some of the people who have been uh, very critical of this uh, transition including myself i am from the ruling party but it is not expected that i'm blinded totally from the issues that are happening and that is why i will not fear even to tell the president myself that there is a problem you know as a parent and as a member of parliament it's just wrong and i think that is exactly what we are looking forward to even in this session and i hope that we can be able to regain because uh, it's very easy to lose it to regain the role and the space of the legislature and know that our numbers should be used for the good of the people if the good of the people is surpassed by the good of the, your political party then you have lost it it has to be higher hmm. you know at the end of the day well, we, these numbers and i've seen it happen eric no mm-hmm. i know it's easy to just uh, you know parliament has not done numbers will just be numbers but look at the issues say of maize 
recently, last yes. year before we closed, the people who raised the issue of the imports and the GMO debate were from Kenya Kwanza. And yet, the policy came from Kenya Kwanza. Mm. And I think even in the last parliament, the same thing happened. We rejected the finance bill because it was against the people. So it does not always mean that you will always sing to the chorus. Some Actually, things are immoral and you cannot, Actually, you know, some people also have conscience, some of the politicians that you see. They are not all that bad, city. In that parliament, actually, my view, the view that I hold generally about politicians cannot <laughs> be called positive, yeah, you know, no matter how you look at yeah. it. Two-faced, two-timing, <laughs> rent-seeking, short-sighted. I mean... Think of any adjective. We also have some uh, words for the media. Oh no, that we know <laughs> in, in abundance. Yeah. But so the thing is, it does not mean Mishmiwa. all are bad. Yeah. No, that's the point. You represent the exception. Yeah. I say this because if Parliament wills to do something, we see it done. We know. So when they are talking about something, we know they are talking about it. They have no intention whatsoever. It's the optic. Let it, it, it's a sound bite. Let, mm. let, let, let people hear this is what I have said. How is it that we, we in the media look at our headlines? Mm -hmm. What is it that we are dealing with? Jubilee MPs going to, uh, to, to State House. ODM MPs going to State House. That's the thing that is dominating our minds. I also want to say yes. that even in the media, you know, I know, City, you have your views on politicians, but I also think we do not write these headlines. Mm. They are written by the media. Okay. By the way, there is a lot of good work being mm. done, even in the committees of parliament, Absolutely. that never gets to see the day. Because you guys are also chasing, you know, a man biting a dog. Not a dog biting a man. Mm. You're like, it's not news. I mean, the committees in Bunge, and I am the vice chair of the Larson Committee, that gets all the heads of the committees in one sitting. Mm -hmm. The work being transacted by committees in parliament, you would really have to struggle to get them any inside mm. even this newspaper. You want to see who said what Kentucky. In fact, those of us who are moderate politicians, you'll not get a lot of coverage mm. from the media because it is not popular. Mm. People want cantankerous things to report on. They want to say you say that. How many what? times have we invited you here? What do you mean? Yes. I am here. We are the media. <laughs> yeah. You are a moderate politician. But <laughs> we, we will invite you again, again and, and again. again and again. Okay, I mean, in terms of what's being done, I hear you yeah, on that. Yeah, there's a lot of work I being done. I hear you on that. And I you think know, for me, also the, the demonizing mm. of parliament as a whole is also not good because we do not elect ourselves. You know, Mishima, we represent people. Sure, you know? I hear you on that, Moshimiwa. Let me just ask this yeah. question because it's, it's extremely important. The hope is yeah. that you will tell, even as we ask, that you will tell us, look, this and this and this is what is going yes. on. Sure. Now, a matter that is going on mm -hmm. right now that needs some attention is the security issue. Yes. Yesterday we saw, and I'm going to ask this because it, it again lies right in the lap of parliament. Yes. The There was a gazette notice, uh, right? Yeah. Um, is it genuine? Uh, oh, oh, oh. oh. I'm just asking. Okay. Oh, yes, so, let me is. ask the question before we get <laughs> we, we, can even, we can even quote chapter and verse. No, that's right. good. Yeah. I'm just confirming. Because yes. I've not seen it myself. Security I've heard issues, about it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The release of KDF forces to the North Rift. Mm. That has not been approved by Parliament, which has to be in order for the Gazette notice to come out. Uh, anybody to today yeah. could go to court and yeah. stop that action. You know, what is the plan? Is there a plan? Is there awareness? What's going on with that? Because it's a serious issue. We see. It is. For the army to, de to be deployed yeah, anywhere, it is. It is. of course, has to go through Parliament the Parliament has to give it a nod. In fact, right. So 
let's first of all agree that banditry is a problem. Indeed. In fact, uh, even on this uh, Sunday, we spoke about it. And I think even the leaders there spoke about it. Some of them also fuel it. You know, that is the reality. But this matter of deploying the army is not a simplistic issue. And uh, I sit in the Defence Committee. It has not come to the committee. Mm. I don't know what would have killed anyone to wait until it is approved. So I'm treating this as a rumor because really I've not seen the actual Gazette notice, but it should be approved and the committee that approves is my committee. Mm. So you're saying that it, the only way that this could be true is that it was a rumor and not that totally. somebody acted out of By the order? way, the army cannot go mm. until... Parliament, Parliament approves. approves it. Yeah. You know, it, there's no shortcut about that. And there is a reason why uh, Parliament was put in the middle of it. And by the way, it's not optional. It is a shall. They will bring it to the Bunge. And they bring it to a subset of the whole, which is a committee of defense intelligence and foreign relations because they are bigger there are also other parameters that inform the deployment of the army you know it has to have a system of how they will work to uproot this problem but mm. more importantly the letter the spirit is clear so i'm treating it as a rumor myself because i've not seen it but i expect it that because we have a meeting today at 10 o'clock maybe it will be tabled in our committee i've not seen it mm. but i hope it will be tabled so otherwise happens? anything else will be legal what happens to that gazette notice that obviously i've not seen it myself okay. so let's what if you find out that yeah. there's actually, a gazette that actually notice. the gazette notice is authentic. yeah yeah mm. it will have to come to the committee mm. Yeah, it will have to come to the committee. And by the way, if Parliament decides for one reason or another that you should not deploy, then That's that it. one is quashed. It's a an issue. It's faulty from the start, you know, because the law is clear about that. And mm -hmm. I, I think uh, I would only hope that uh, it's a rumor and it's not true because the CS is a former member of Parliament. And we had the, the issue AG the is other day. Speaker. Uh, when we were deploying to Congo, it mm. came to the committee because you are not allowed to do that before bringing it to the committee. Mm. It has to be approved, you know, and anyone, if it's done when that's not done, can be challenged, you know. Someone can go to court about it and uh, actually get a fair hearing about it. Mm. What would be the issues that your committee would look at? Say the government actually brought this to, to the committee. Yeah. What are the things that you'd consider before giving an odd? We'll consider many things. One, of course, is the impact it will have, even on the locals. We have had uh, those issues before. So we need to be assured that you're dealing with bandits and not the locals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is one. Secondly, not uh, the... How do you distinguish between the bandits and the locals? No, it's a caution. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying it as a caution. We'll also consider the budgetary implication mm -hmm. because we are talking, I mean, austerity measures. Uh, the president is very clear in terms of reducing our, you know, our borrowing and all that that we are talking about. So we'll look also at the cost. What is the contingent we are sending? What is the cost of it? But at the end of the day, I think the bigger good is what we should be looking at because uh, in terms of terrorizing the area, we are in agreement. I mean, we have lost officers the other day. We have lost, uh, G you know, GSU officers who are just new graduates. But I think there are also bigger issues, even as we look at the budget right now, mm. that we need to empower an, our national police service. Mm. Let us not get to the point where we always use the military, because the military is meant to deal with border and our cross, external. you know, external forces. Mm. So we should not always be resorting to them. But today, as we speak, there were decisions that were made 
even in terms of helicopters uh, from the national police that were taken to the KDF, we need to actually look at empowering the national police service. And the issue of empowering the national police service is not a matter as uniform. My mm. God, it's not. It's not matters. I don't know why we are obsessed with uniforms, personally. So it matters, do we have armored vehicles for our policemen? We don't. Because they are dealing with new emergence and new issues mm. of IUDs. Mm. You know, you are not able to detect where it is. That vehicle I, that they are using. IED. IED. IEDs rather, mm. not IEDs. <laughs> IEDs. Yes. Um, <laughs> I don't want to say where yeah. my mind was, but anyway. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> but my point is mm. the army should be the last resort you know should be the last resort in a country mm. you, we don't always get to use our military for 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 Kerio valley and we know exactly what we need to do but more importantly we also must do and carry along the leaders mm. the leaders who fund and are part of it we must not be scared to call them out and you know at the end of it and i think i was telling the women uh, women representatives of those regions the other day in Mombasa because that case came up mm. of banditry between Turkana, between Samburu and Baringo. Mm -hmm. And uh, my view was, I think we need the women, in fact I was telling them to actually take it up as the women representatives because anytime someone is killed it's someone's child, it's someone's husband. Yeah. And when we had the late Kipchoin Grace as a member for Baringo, that thing had gone down considerably. When Jebi Kilimo was an MP, banditry had gone down. So I was challenging the women reps that take it as your baby, mm -hmm. that anytime someone dies, it affects a woman in one way or another. Make it a campaign from the society level so that we have a multi-pronged approach. Because at the end of the day, these kids that you see terrorizing the Kerio Valley are not even over 15, over 19. They are, they are kids. They're by children. 16, they're sharpshooters, mm -hmm. you, know, you know, by all standards. Yeah. So how do we deal, apart from, say, ambushing them and dealing using fire? That's not the solution. Mm. What do you do with a six, seven-year-old who has seen that and wants to grow up mm. and fight and die as a martyr? You know, so in, in terms of the community. So I hope we can have a multi-pronged approach to deal with that issue in the Kerio Valley. Indeed. How about that? You made it to the end of today's podcast. You clearly oozed stamina. Guess what? Just hit subscribe at Standard Media Podcast, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts from. Our podcasts drop daily. From me and the team, catch you next time. Bye-bye.